1: It is 1920, the year of Cornelia Cavendish's 60th birthday. To celebrate, her good acquaintance, Lord Talbot, has invited her to Egypt for the opening of a newly discovered and very unique tomb. Eager to delve further into the arcane depths of the world, Cornelia accepted, announcing to her social circle that she will be investigating matters related to her experience at Draclo Hall. All those of an intrepid spirit are invited to join her for a birthday celebration, an adventure into the unknown, and a return to the Infinite Bad. The Tomb of Aresnufis, Part 1 The city of Cairo bakes under a late afternoon sun. There is little reprieve from the heat, even in the shady alleys that crowd between the buildings, rimmed by gently swaying fabrics and gauze. Faces lurk in the cool, darkened tea rooms and souks, whispering through tobacco smoke as if laid low by the oppressive summer heat. Our heroes find themselves in considerably grander surroundings, although this does little to assuage their physical discomfort as they sweat heavily through their European attire. This is the house of Lord Samuel Percival Talbot on Baron Avenue in Heliopolis, a British neighbourhood in Cairo. Lord Talbot is an amateur, if avid, Egyptologist, and the airy drawing room is lined with dark wooden shelves and mantles, strewn tastefully with artefacts of all kinds, ranging from amulets to ivory and gold pharaonic crooks, to what must surely be Talbot's centrepiece, a massive stone steel carved with worn hieroglyphs. As our heroes take in the pieces around the room, a spindly Egyptian dressed in an off-white servant's kaftan enters, bearing a silver tray with four cups of weak tea audibly rattling as he walks. Well,
0: isn't this nice? I can't believe you invited these two here. I came here, Mrs Cavendish, to talk you out of this insanity. And yet, here you both are, Joy and Dorothy.
3: Good to see you again, Sebastian. Yes, Sebastian.
0: (laughs) It's good to see you, of course. I just. I hate that you're caught up in this madness, that's all.
2: What madness? What madness. The madness of Mrs.
0: Cavendish, of course. It's a bit of fun, Sebastian. (sighs) Yes, well, I. A tomb. It's my birthday! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's your birthday. I hadn't realised. It was in the letter. (laughs) I skim read it. Happy birthday. (laughs) Yes, I suppose. While I'm here, I mean, it's a, a beautiful place. I'll have a poke around, <laughs> certainly. I'm sure nothing strange or weird will happen.
1: So have any of you actually taken the tea? The servant is still standing there. <laughs> with <a wobbling> tray. <laughs> yes, I, I, I'll drink the tea. Okay. And I'm the rest of you yeah, take the tea. Great. He seems grateful that you unburden him of the tea. <laughs> uh, and he tucks the tray under his arm and, and kind of uh, rushes out of the room at a crouch. Uh, after what is the tea like? Uh, the tea is weak and milky. Okay. Um, and it is <gasps> Perfect. <laughs> mm. I spit it back out in the cup. <laughs> uh, after a few more moments, uh, you start to hear heavy footsteps coming down carpeted stairs. You assume that this is Lord Percival Talbot. And indeed through the door comes a man, uh, maybe in his mid-60s, uh, quite fat, um, shorter than the average, with a bushy beard that still has some brown cling to it, but it's mostly completely silver. And uh, uh, despite the coarseness and bushiness of his beard, he has a very well waxed and oiled mustache that kind of goes turns up a little bit, uh, which which is almost like a, a distinguished accent on his otherwise quite slovenly looking. Um, piggish face. <laughs> uh,
0: I'd like to shake his hand, please. Okay. Um... Uh, could I make a check? Yes, absolutely.
1: Is it this one? Yes.
0: That would be a nineteen.
1: Wow. Okay. As you proffer your hand, he slaps his uh, meaty, sweaty slab of uh, of a hand into yours, um, but is dwarfed by your massive paw. Uh, <laughs> And It's almost like you're squeezing like a sausage or something. <laughs> you can see the 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 bits of the the paps of his fingers squeezing and going white um, with the absence of blood as it goes through. Um,
0: <laughs> I laugh and clap him on the shoulder.
1: <laughs> eat you. Uh, you can hear an almost inaudible squeak emerging from him as his watery eyes start to rim with tears. Um, and he says, uh, he looks over at you, a scan, saying, uh, "Is this a?" Uh, Mr St. Buttenberg, uh, an acquaintance of of, of yours yes, Sca- Mrs. Yes. Cavendish uh, a
0: very... good acquaintance yes an acquaintance Yes, <laughs> we've met before uh,
1: very, very nice to meet you he starts trying to withdraw his hand from your grasp <laughs>
0: my smile just gets wider and wider as <laughs> so I maintain eye contact <laughs> <laughs> eventually I release him
1: <laughs> um, he seems thoroughly relieved and then he turns to each of you um so he 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 looks at you dorothy and says well uh, and and you
2: young lady uh miss dorothy taylor it's a pleasure to meet you
1: very good from 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 the colonies are you miss miss taylor from
2: the united states of america yes
1: Mm, yes you've come a long way are you another one of of mrs cavendish's uh, associates
2: i would say i'm a close friend
3: a good acquaintance yes (laughs) a very good acquaintance
1: very good. Very, very. You've been keeping a very wide social circle here. And this is uh, uh, Joy?
3: Joy Dutton. Joy
1: Dutton, yes, yes. Uh, Mrs Cavendish mentioned you in her correspondence. Uh, uh, you, you look very healthy.
3: Thank you, yes. She is my ward? <laughs> I've been feeding her well. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been staying with uh, Mrs Cavendish. She's been very kind in letting me stay at her house in Kensington. Feeding me and clothing me and such. And in, Out of the
0: goodness of my heart! <laughs> uh, very commendable, Mrs. Cavendish.
1: And speaking of the clothing, what were what are each of you wearing in this July uh, summer heat in Cairo? I'm
0: wearing a cream linen suit and a straw hat. I'm wearing a straight dress, a wicker hat, and a silk shawl.
1: According very good. to my
0: notes. Very good. <laughs> very detailed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Enjoy?
3: Um I'm wearing a small um, a small strappy dress and sandals, open toe sandals. I'm Wearing a
1: sort of
2: travelling costume with like um, like a white blouse with a sort of a khaki vest cinched with a belt and a very practical looking skirt.
1: Great. And all with hats, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean not inside. I mean yeah, no, we, we take not a lot we're <laughs> inside. Um, <or> not. <laughs> <laughs> So mrs mrs Cavendish, how was your journey long but scenic well I I, I I heard with uh with some alarm that you decided to take take the train
3: yes uh, to show joy the world <laughs> <laughs> it was very comfortable in the first- class cabin traveled in style remarkable
1: and through through the Balkans and round into the Holy Land
3: my god we didn't stop for long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite a clip. <laughs> I said it was a long journey. But we, we kind of rushed it a
1: <laughs> Well, uh, well, you've come just in time, Mrs. Cavendish. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited and so pleased to be to be sending you on this on this trip of a lifetime.
3: Are you not coming, Lord Talbot?
1: Unfortunately, I will not be joining you. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! My physician says that my constitution does not permit travel in the summer heat, so I'll be staying here. But but I want you to think of yourself very much as my my eyes and ears. My uh, your correspondence will be I- I- incredibly valued to me as you as you journey down the Nile. Have you ever heard, Missus Cavendish, of Aris Nufis? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me. <laughs> Um, have you got a cult as a, as a skill or something like I that I do okay. I do have a cult as a skill
3: a six
1: uh, so the name rings a bell I thought uh, it did yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can't you can't muster up any facts about okay. about uh, he said no, no matter no matter uh, for the rest of you Ares Nufis is an ancient yeah, forgotten <laughs> an ancient forgotten Egyptian deity we know, of course, of Osiris, of Set. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah, of course. certainly I familiar. shake my head.
1: <laughs> the dread presence of Anubis. Yes, but Eres mm. Nufis, very little is known about him. The only detail that we have is that he was sometimes known in other civilizations as the good companion. Some, some deity of, of fertility, perhaps, of the harvest. We do not know. But... And he seems clearly here that he thinks that you're all hanging on his every word. (laughs) 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 I have contracted the services of none other than Henry Clifford. Anyone have a history, any kind of skill to do with that kind of knowledge? No. Blank faces all round. He seems a little bit <laughs> deflated by this. He says, The famed Henry Clifford, by way of explanation. Uh,
0: uh, oh, <laughs> oh the famed one. Yes, yes. No, I, of course. Yeah, we all know
1: Clifford. <laughs> an adventurer, a historian, an Egyptologist of some repute, I have contracted his services in locating this tomb that the the, the locals in uh, in the lower Nile uh, have been talking about for centuries in uh, hidden in their in their folkloric ramblings and babblings. Um, And they they, they have brought word of it here to me and to, to the other amateur historians here in Cairo. And I've sent down Henry Clifford and he has written back to me with a request that there be a witness of some standing for the opening of this tomb.
3: Are mm. oh, you so honored?
1: <laughs> Covered in the first inscriptions that we have found of Aris Nufis. Incredible. Bit of
0: fun, yes. Grand day out, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> it sounds so exciting.
0: Mm, we
1: should pack sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you, you, you will be brought down the Nile uh, in a steamboat that I have chartered uh, entirely at my expense and uh and you will be there for for the grand opening of this tomb and uh you could not have come at a better time because the steamboat is chartered to leave tomorrow Good oh, idea yeah.
3: is there no other mode of transportation
1: well my dear i mean egypt is is built along the nile uh there are no there are no trains unless you wanted to, to travel by the back of some beast <laughs> It's horrific humped horses. They call camels.
3: <laughs> I would rather travel on the back of a beast than on a boat. Oh my
1: dear, don't be silly! Don't be silly. Uh, the, the, the boat, the boat is 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 by far the most expeditious mode of uh, of transport. And it'll uh... be perfectly oh, really fine, cannot. Joy.
0: Honestly, I'd like to ruffle her hair. <laughs> i <I'd> flinch. <laughs> fine, you'll be fine. I'm do
3: it again. White <laughs> as a sheet, and just my my cup is trembling. <laughs>
1: He says, um, of course, we'll put you up uh, here in my home tonight. I do not know if you have uh, if you have heard of the, of the political situation here in Cairo. There's been some some discontent among the rabble, uh, so-called nationalists uh, who feel that this this country built on the backs of uh, of men and women like us has uh, has suddenly reverted to their ownership through some unfathomable contract. Uh, but Lord Milner is here in in, in in heliopolis in fact uh two streets down and and i'm sure he'll be sorting this out presently, but I would recommend uh caution when walking the streets at night it's uh, uh sometimes the, the 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 english don't don't command the respect that they used to or that they deserve
0: mrs Cavendish, i didn't realize you kept such great company
1: <laughs> at this point <laughs> uh, you hear a loud thump. From the other side of the house, uh, make perception checks to see if you can tell anything more than that from the sound. 17? 4? 4. 19. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, Sebastian and Dorothy, uh, you both noticed that it sounds like someone fell over or something like that. And and there's a, there was a crunch to it. There was a crunch, like a footstep over gravel or something like that. Um, but yeah, it sounded, sounds like someone's had an accident on the other side of the house. Uh, the rest of you just hear it. I just get up and walk towards the sound
0: without any explanation.
1: <laughs>
2: I think I say, uh, I exclaim, Goodness, what was that?
1: Lord Talbot says, Oh, that must be uh, Tashin! Tashin, are you alright over there? There's no answer. So well uh, I suppose uh, I should investigate what my manservant Tashin is doing in the in the study. Actually, well why don't why not you all follow me and we'll have I have more choice artifacts in my study that I could uh, I could show you and then we can see what Tashin's been getting up to. Um so you're already walking towards yes. <laughs> the sound of, um Sebastian, but do the rest of you follow? Oh uh, yes.
3: Yeah, I take yes. my teacup down and follow. I I, I take my teacup with <laughs> me.
1: You cross an airy hallway um, that is not carpeted and already smells a lot nicer than the rest of the house, which is quite stale with the carpeting that has been insisted upon in the decoration of this home. Um, But crossing over to the other side of the house, you enter the study. And now the smell of blood envelops you, hanging in the air like a heavy incense. Tashin, the manservant that, uh, um, that Lord Talbot mentioned and who provided you with the tea in the drawing room, you can see that he is hanging from a ceiling fan at the top of the study by the neck. His eyes are bulging and his neck is snapped back at an unnatural angle, almost completely swivelled round like some kind of scraggly owl. Good heavens.
3: Oh, God. Lord Boy, Percival... Is anything you can do?
1: <laughs> Lord Talbot looks up and says, my God, Tashin, get down from there at once. <laughs> oh
3: <my God. laughs> is he definitely dead? Can we sort of...
1: Yes yeah, so his his eyes are are bulging halfway out and his neck is almost completely swiveled 180 degrees and he's swinging gently in the breeze Good Lord. Uh, I would like to sort of try and hold him yeah. up Uh guy, make will saves or wisdom saves uh, to is This a D20? Yes, yeah. D20. 7 7 17
3: 20
1: Wow. Okay, uh, so Joy and Dorothy, <laughs> Dorothy you Dorothy the ice cold <laughs> 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 Just see a little... Yeah, exactly. Um, you each gain five dread, and you, you two, um, Sebastian and Cornelia, gain ten dread. Here we go again. <laughs> okay, so you said, uh, Dorothy, can you do something? Cornelia, did you mention mm, Dorothy? Yeah. What did you yeah, say? I
0: did.
2: Unfortunately, this man is clearly past the point where I might be able. Quentin, to Quickly, we he might save him. Nonsense!
0: Still. <laughs> still trying to like push him up and hold him up by like, the, the knees. The, uh, the <laughs> He's fine. He just needs a bit of air. <laughs>
1: Okay, um, you rush towards him and start picking him up by the knees, Sebastian. Uh, a little a little trickle of blood falls over your face, um, and you look up and you can see that he's bleeding heavily from the mouth um, and has run all over his chin and down his front.
2: Could I examine the body? Uh,
1: yes, so he's hanging from the ceiling fan. It's quite a high room, uh, so it's about 15 feet high, the ceiling.
2: Is there any indication of how he... Was there like a ladder or like how did, mm. is there any indication of how he came to be?
1: Okay, so eye? who wants, okay, so do you do want to investigate the room, I suppose? Yeah,
2: yeah I've got investigation of the skills. Yes. I suppose I like to make use of that skill. Absolutely. 14.
1: 14. So, having a general look around the room, uh, you can see that it is very odd that uh, he seems to be hung so high up. The only chair in the room uh, is a kind of overstuffed green leather. Uh, couch, which is on the other side of the desk in the study. So he's basically right in the centre of the room, then there's the desk, then there's this chair, and then there's the window. And so there's, there's, there's no ladder, there's bookshelves, but they're far too far away from the ceiling fan. So you don't really understand how this man has been hoisted up um, mm. so high. It's a pretty sturdy ceiling fan. You said about like some mm. gravel sound? Yes. So I'll, I'll let you investigate areas of the room, okay? So uh, mm-hmm. someone can investigate the window, someone can investigate the shelves or the desk... Uh, someone can try to cut the body down so you can have a co- closer look at the body but you're going to have to tell me how you'd like to try to cut him down or if you want, just literally want to pull him down. <laughs>
2: hmm. I think...
1: Not, not, no, no. <laughs>
2: I, I think we should be telling Lord Talbot to organise the staff to get a ladder. Mm. Like, he should have a ladder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I-, I mean... Feeling that I probably could just pull him down,
2: <laughs> Lord Talbot. Do you, do you, does your staff have any sort of ladder that you could fetch so that we can cut this man down?
1: Oh goodness gracious! Oh, yes, uh, Mohammed uh, Yusuf. Uh, he's forgetting the names as he's he's just rattling through the names of the Egyptians <laughs> that he knows, and he starts um, ru- rushing off down one of the hallways. And you can see him cursing and and trying out more mispronounced uh, Arabic yes, names. It's fine, as he fellow. Goes down. I've got his head in his shoulders. now. <laughs> <right? laughs> Um, so you get the sense that he might be some time okay.
3: um, I could be hoisted onto Sebastian's shoulders to
0: investigate the body
3: <laughs> <laughs> to cut him down I'll go to the oh, desk right, yeah. and search the desk for some kind of um, maybe a letter knife or mm. something we could use I want to go to the window to see if, what I can see okay classic
1: Cavendish. Dish <laughs> yep it's okay the window. Joy uh, you're looking at the desk make an investigate check
3: 17
1: nice Okay, so the desk is a large mahogany affair. The top of it is inlaid with these two paneled green leather uh, pieces. And uh, across all of it, it's extraordinarily messy. So it's got half finished letters, maps, cigarette ends, got trinkets of various uh, degrees of, of quality strewn across it. Um, you can see, though, that there is a half smoked cigarette that is still burning faintly in a copper ashtray uh, near a moist dish rag. Okay. There is. You were looking for a letter opener, something yeah, like that. Something there is sharp. a letter. There is a letter opener. Yeah, a, a silver letter opener, uh, monogrammed with all like five letters of okay, Lord Capulet's name.
3: Um, so I'll grab that. Sebastian, hoist me up. Uh, what? Put the man down. Put me on your shoulders, and I'm going to cut him down. Come on.
0: Right. Uh, okay. Yes. Of course. Right away. <laughs>
1: Do that blood still dribbling down my face? <laughs> yes, so, of course. Makes perfect sense. So you release Tashine's body from your grip, and immediately it kind of plummets down again and sags on the rope oh once more, um, oh. sending a little fleck of blood across the spine. <laughs> that's rope. fine. Uh, Joy, make a dexterity check, or have you got athletics or something like that? Um, what are your I skills? Ste- Stealth and survival. I've Stealth got, and survival, yeah, that's I fine. I have
0: athletics. Can I use that
1: to boost... Yes, so I'm going to ask you to make an athletics check and you to make a dexterity check to perform this maneuver. 5 20 20 <laughs> Okay. Um so Sebastian, uh you're a little bit put out by the blood that's come across your face. So you hoist her up a little bit, but then you slip and and her uh, her your hand is a little bit sweaty, so um joy your shoe kind of slips off his hand as he's boosting you up um but with incredible dexterity you manage to get both your feet onto one of his shoulders uh jump up and just like slash the rope cleanly and quickly and the whole body crumples to the ground uh right in front of you sebastian and uh you do a pirouette and sebastian's shoulder <laughs> <laughs> and a perfect dismount
0: I Just at joy and say, you haven't done this before <laughs> I just look smug I don't wonder about that child we should look at the uh, the body
1: well maybe it's a body maybe he's alive we don't know yet <laughs> we don't know until we investigate closer
2: we definitely do
1: so Dorothy you're going to step up to the body um, let's just see what Cornelia sees by the window though so nice. make a, a perception check Cornelia 20 20 wow, nice. wow. okay so you can see uh, window has been shattered uh, you presume this is what made the crunching sounds because you can see indistinct footprints both on the windowsill, which have disturbed the dust, which has mm. covered it, uh, as well as you can faintly see footprints in the broken glass, which is on the inside of the study.
3: And where does this window look out onto?
1: So the window looks out onto the main boulevard, Barron Avenue, rather. Mm. Uh, so it looks straight Under out. Uh ground floor? Uh, yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. So it's on the ground floor. It looks straight down to the boulevard. Uh, Barron Avenue is pretty much completely empty right now. Um, but it's very, I mean, this is centre of the, the British district of Cairo. It's basically done up to be a theme park. It's a leisure district, as they call mm-hmm. it. Um, so there's like fake palm trees which have been set up, um, despite the fact that there's palm trees everywhere in Cairo. They've specifically made <laughs> fake palm trees to be lined up all along this avenue. Um, and you don't see anyone. It's... Kind of getting towards 2 p.m. Um, so it's extremely hot, so the, the street is almost completely deserted. So, Dorothy, you're yes. examining the body, so make a medicine check. Seven. Seven. Uh okay. So he's dead. <laughs> 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 uh tell me. He- <laughs> you can see blood is spurted down his chin and all down his front. Uh, you're not sure what could have made his head turn all the way around in the manner that it has. Uh, You've seen the effects of hangings and lynchings before. Uh, This isn't normally what a body would look like or what the arrangement of a head after being um, forcibly hung. Mm. Uh, However, you can see that uh, opening his mouth, that he is missing most of his molars. Uh, A couple of his...
2: Not this again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A couple of his canines and one of his incisors. It's almost as if whoever was doing this, extracting them forcibly, uh, was interrupted and had to stop short. That he's missing most of his teeth, starting from one end. Mrs. Cavendish. It can't be. I'm beginning to think you had
0: an ulterior motive for
1: coming here. Guys, make will saves again. 12.
2: 17.
1: 19? 15. Wow. Okay, all of you... uh reacting to this pretty well, taking it pretty much in stride, but you still gain 10 dread. (laughs) Say that first, (laughs) rodeo. All right,
0: well, I'm gonna go
2: out on a limb and say this guy was murdered. I don't think this was a suicide.
3: That's just me
2: going on a limb. We shouldn't
0: assume anything,
3: Dorothy. (laughs) I think it's definitely a murder. But why this chap? That's a good question. That's what we need to find out.
0: Hmm. I mean, he's he's a nobody. It doesn't make any sense.
3: He's his man he's Lord Talbot's manservant? Is that,
1: is yeah.
3: that who yeah, he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Mm. Where is that
1: Lord Talbot? You can hear him. He's bustling up to the hallway again. Uh, before he gets there though, make a perception check, everyone. Twelve. Twelve. Eleven.
2: Seventeen.
1: Ooh. Okay, Dorothy. You notice that there is a, uh, like, a chunk of burning tobacco on one of the shelves that is just, you you noticed it because you picked up the scent of it, and it's almost like a particularly chunky bit of a cigarette flicked off of it, but it's still burning. Um, So it literally must be moments ago that whatever, whoever was smoking in here was there. Um, But it's over on the shelf, so if you want, you can have a closer look at what the shelf contains. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, I'm not just going to let it keep burning <laughs> on a wooden shelf. I <laughs> think I'm gonna go over and
3: investigate it. Okay. And also probably put that shit out. Like
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: There's still a burning cigarette on the desk as well. hmm Kind of
1: suggests the murderer's still in the room. But... <laughs> um okay. So make an investigation check on the shelves.
2: Eighteen.
1: Nice. So like those in the drawing room, these shelves are arrayed with a thick variety of artifacts and interesting objects of Near Eastern provenance. Mostly there's some Babylonian stuff, Assyrian stuff and a lot of Egyptian stuff. Um, So you notice that one particular piece and it's a canopic jar. You guys know what canopic jar is, right? When mummies are made, right, the internal organs are taken out and they're put into Uh... one of four jars. So I think it was like the intestines, the lung... Uh, something and something else, not the heart, but the main the main internal organs were taken out and stored in these canopic jars. Mm-hmm. They usually have the head of one of the main Egyptian gods as the lid of it, right? Like, so an Anubis head or whatever, to be the guardians of these organs, which they will need in the afterlife. Um, so they were very hot commodities in terms of, as Egyptology started to heat up in the, in the early 20th century, um, a lot of these got, like, looted and, like, distributed as, like, souvenirs, and mm-hmm. they were quite... Um, Okay, so, yeah, you see a canopic jar. uh, Unusual to you, both because it's very heavy when you pick it up. Uh, Its head, the lid of it, which you would expect to see like a jackal head or a falcon head or something like that. It's actually a human head. um, And it's, it's a bit of an unsettling representation. It's very smooth featured and it's got these kind of. Uh, dimples for the eyes that are just everything is just a bit too smooth and worn down and you think it might be because the alabaster has worn over time but there's something about it which just makes you a little bit uh uncomfortable
2: Cornelia do you know anything about why there would be a human head on this
3: let me make an occult check Mm -hmm. and see
1: 18 18 okay so I'll just say that before that Dorothy uh I should note that it has two bloody fingerprints on it okay um, seems
0: like that
1: would be the first thing you'd notice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, that's why... Yeah, that's why <laughs> you noticed it. Um, so, Cornelium, mm-hmm. uh, you haven't, by far... The most common thing is to find these canopic jars with animal heads with the representation of Egyptian gods. But, you know, uh, kind of you remember hearing about this from another Egyptologist. You met another party that was um, very early, very ancient Egyptians uh, had often much more simple lids. And sometimes they would have lids which just depicted the person whose organs mm-hmm. it was or they would depict an ancestor or something like that. So that you, you think it might be even more ancient than kind of the the high uh, dynasties wow. of, of okay. the Egyptian Empire.
2: So the fact that there are buddy fingerprints on it suggests that he was investigating the room after he committed the murder. He was just like chilling out. Because he didn't take he didn't take any I suppose we should ask Lord Talbot if he took anything.
1: Mm. He so was inside. Okay. Yeah? Sure. Okay. Make a strength check.
2: Oh yeah. I'm very weak. This is probably <laughs> not going to be a very successful. But seventeen, but minus two.
1: Yeah. Okay. No. Good. Uh, okay. So you try twisting it. Um. You don't quite. You don't quite get it the first time. But you kind of brace it underneath your arm and just twist it open. It's a nice
0: story of perseverance. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I say, uh,
1: well done, Dorothy. Uh, unimaginably ancient wax and seal crumbles uh, as Uh-oh. you as <laughs> you deface <Yeah. laughs>
0: as you deface this priceless oh, excellent artifact. Excellent work,
1: Dorothy. <laughs> um. And. Uh, the the lid comes open just as it's nestled in your armpit like that Mm. and just as Lord Talbot comes back in you take (laughs) the lid off (laughs) and a small shower of teeth pours out of the canopic jar there we go and you can see that although these this jar as far as you can tell hasn't been opened in thousands of years uh, the teeth still seem glistening and almost moist so um, Lord Talbot comes in with uh, a man, another manservant in tow, wearing a very similar kaftan. He's got a little stepladder under his arm as well. Uh, but he he pauses when he notices what <laughs> you've done. to I <laughs> <job. laughs> like to wave jovially to him. <laughs> uh, Miss Taylor, is uh, how is our man uh faring?
2: Quite dead, I'm afraid.
1: An amorphous dread fills the hearts of our four heroes, for even this far from the dark woods and squirming madness of Drakelow Hall, they hear the whisperings of a familiar evil. Though they might rather forget or deny the unfathomable horrors of that sinister place, questions assail them from the more primitive corners of their minds. How ancient is this mystery? How far have its tendrils crept? And to what dark dimensions might it take them? You've been listening to The Tomb of Ares Nufis, written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling, with music by Jonathan Day. Starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor, Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish, David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg, and Charlie May as Joy Dutton. I am Giorgio Mariani, Game Master. You can follow The Infinite Bad, as well as our other podcast shows, on Twitter, at HumanDefinitely, and support the production of this series on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash definitelyhuman. The Infinite Bad is a Definitely Human production.